It's July 5th, and this is Product Management Daily. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Product Management Daily. If you are stateside, I hope that you had a wonderful 4th of July holiday. And if not, we hope you had a fantastic Wednesday. But uh, we're going to jump right into it today. We've got a, a smattering of three different topics today. So here we go. So first up is an article on the Sprintwell blog entitled Nine Lessons Product Teams Can Learn from Formula One Pit Stops. Uh, It was published about a week ago by Ryan Siemens. And honestly, I I, I don't even remember where I came across this article, but I like it because I like uh, F1 and I like cars and I like process and I like the beauty of a perfectly executed pit stop. And this is a, it's a great article. Uh, lots of great points. Uh, link is in the show notes. And what instead of going through each of these points, I want to call out some themes that I saw in each of those that he came um, came to the table with. Uh, the first one is clarity. Uh, clarity in terms of knowing what you're supposed to be doing, what needs to be done as a whole, uh, knowing who is where at a given point and uh, stage of the race and and so forth. Uh, so everybody having clarity on what they need to be doing, what everybody else is doing is critically important. Uh, and that includes, um, preparation. So what stage of the race are you at? What kind of tires do you need? What are the conditions? How much fuel do you need? Uh, what is the driver asking for? Uh, how are they giving you feedback in terms of how the car is performing and what, what changes can you make in the pit? All that is, um, are different angles around clarity and we need to, we need to roll with that. Um, section or the second topic is, um, the, the greatness that, uh, that we cover here is that these good pit stops are a function of the technology, the people and the particular context. And so again, is it raining? Um, what kind of track is it? Is it, uh, is it an oval? Is it a Le Mans stop course? Uh, uh, and so what kind of, um, what kind of equipment is necessary for this particular pit stop for this race, et cetera. Um, and you can't, you can't design a process independent of knowing those factors. And obviously there are some other ones, but uh, you've got to know at least um, the, the technology at your disposal, the context that you'll be operating and the people that you have to work with. Uh, and that can include not just numbers of people, but how skilled they are, what they're good at. If you have 12 designers on your team, you might need to invest in some development resources, that kind of thing. Um, another point is that uh, it's all about, it's all very iterative. Uh, at the end of the post, he includes a video that uh, that collects a few different examples of pit stops over the years. And the first one is just downright painful to watch because it's so slow. And uh, But you can see that over the years, they've gotten faster. They've added people. The, the technology in the cars have changed. It's, it's, a, it's a great um, juxtaposition of methodologies that the team's employed. And that's uh, my, my brings us to my final point is that process is an investment. So as what we can see from these, these videos uh, is that over the years, cars have gotten faster and more technologically advanced, more te- technologically complex. Um, and the, the pit crew has had to respond to that. Their training and their behaviors have had to respond to that. So uh, the most obvious thing uh, besides the cars themselves is how many people are in the pit. Uh, one of the announcers makes, makes uh, a comment early on that, there were only allowed four people to work, touch the car in the pit. And then 
the last video, you see a whole handful uh, of people. I don't know, 10 or 12, so many. And they each have very discreet job descriptions. One guy's just doing the window. One guy's just doing feel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so it's, it's all very well choreographed and orchestrated. Um, but all, but um, all those people come with a cost. You don't just say, hey, we're going to add people, add people, add people. Uh, you need to, they do that because they believe uh, that they will get their, their money's worth as it were. And so for you and your team, as a product management team, uh, how do you invest in your process, whether it's bringing more people on, changing the technology? Uh, that was one other thing that isn't readily obvious, but um, in, in a lot of these cars, the, the cars are built in a way that makes them easy to handle in a pit stop. So the tires are the, the wheels are an obvious example where uh, in the first video, you can see the guy just cranking away at one of the tires, one of the wheels, trying to change these wheels. And um, in the latter videos, you can see it's just one bolt off and on super fast. All sorts of different technologies have come together to make getting those wheels off and on as easily, as fastly, as quickly as possible. Uh, so it's a great article. Check it out. Think through it. Um, send, us your, send us your own feedback. Let us know what you think. It's good, good stuff. Next up is actually an image from a book, a real life paper book. It's a book called Product Leadership. And I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you've at least heard of it, if not read it in its entirety. It's great, great stuff by Richard Banfield, Martin Erickson, and Nate Walkinshaw. Uh, it's a very, very good book published by O'Reilly. It's relatively short in terms of its its thickness, but it is a, a dense, dense book. And I've got several bookmarks in here for things that I want to come back to from time to time. And occasionally I'll just pick it up and flip through and uh, see if something strikes my fancy to consider. And today that thing was a map, um, a roadmap concept that was originally conceived by, uh, they tribute to Jana Bastow, CEO and co-founder of ProdPad. Uh, there's a link to this in the show notes, but um, it, it's basically a map that describes the granularity of features and predictability and whatnot, uh, the closer you are. And then further out you go, uh, the more flexible and the more ambiguous uh, your planning needs to be. So you can't plan for a, um, a three-point feature uh, that you're going to have in 12 months. Uh, that doesn't always make sense. You need to be able to uh, flex in between now and then. And, and the, the roadmap that you're building needs to be able to flex as well. And so this will help with stakeholders. This will help with your product team. So as you progress into your product, roadmap, you can get more and more specific with those things that were once ambiguous and flexible, and then you can start to nail those things down. Um, but I love, I, I reference um, this concept a lot. Uh, it's It's been seen in various forms, but, uh, but check it out. Uh, again, in the show notes, there's a link and uh, see how you can implement that into your conversations. Um, around here, just recently, we were having conversations about how to roadmap a, a very complex enterprise piece of, piece of custom software that we're building. And there was ambiguity about things that we knew we needed uh, in the near term, but specificity about things that we thought we could delay until the long term. So uh, how do we kind of, how do we close those gaps and how do we make sure that we get clarity on the immediate term and then build uh, specific, specificity and ambiguity into our roadmap as we go on. So, Check it out. 
And our final topic for today, uh, since you mentioned ambiguity and long-term planning, is entitled Product Vision for Product Managers, 10 Principles for Better Product Vision. Um, it's published on Medium at UX Planet. Um, it, too, is a, uh, is a good read. Um, lots of good quotations from product management classic Marty Kagan. Uh, but um, it's got lots. It's generally pretty brief with each um, with each point, but um, all really good stuff. And if nothing else, good reminders and maybe a different framing for how you used to think about some of this stuff. So, absolutely check it out. Also, link in the show notes. And not a whole lot to add to this one, um, except uh, that the the product vision, uh, like like we we're uh, discussing on the, the previous topic, is. Uh, the primary attribute and value of a product vision is that it can flex, um, but it can flex over a period of years. It doesn't have to be subject. It shouldn't be subject to a trend or whims or um, anything like that. It can. It should be long standing, long standing, and uh, dependent upon things that aren't uh, aren't going to be changing. So, uh, Jeff Bezos has a has a quotation that's. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but something something along the lines of um, ask yourself what things aren't going to change in the next 10 years and then build your company on that. Uh, and that's that's a great, great way to look at things, because if you think in the short term uh, too much, you are going to pin your hopes on things that are absolutely going to change. And then you have to figure out how to change along with them. And even when you don't know how they're going to change, you still have to uh, figure that out. Whereas if you consider uh, if you build your vision on longer term concepts and principles, then you will have a, uh, you still have to adjust as trends and, and whatnot occur, uh, changes in the marketplace, but your identity and your, uh, specific value propositions, um, of the, of the company as product as a whole won't be, uh, shifting quite as much. So all good stuff. We're taking you from details and process to visions on a mountaintop today, but hope it's good for you. Uh, let us know if you find it helpful and we will catch you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. One last thing before you go in the bottom of the show notes, there's a link to a form single question feedback form that we would love for you to fill out and let us know how we can make uh, PMD better, what you like about it and all that good stuff. So super fast, low involvement. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. This episode of the Product Management Daily is brought to you by Crema, a 100% US-based product agency offering product strategy, design, development to startups and enterprises looking to scale their technology and innovation. Learn more at crema.us.